Welcome in and welcome back everyone to the Fighting Irish Faithful Show, Notre Dame versus Boston College. This evening we're going to recap Notre Dame versus Clemson. Hope you're all still celebrating and feeling really good about that. We are going to look at this Phil Jerkovic situation and other past Notre Dame quarterbacks. Recap a lot of the Boston College hate and of course do a stat dump on you for Notre Dame versus Boston College this Saturday. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a drink. Let's go, Irish. Three wide receivers right. They're going to go for two. Back to throw. Walsh looks, looks, looks. Has the time. Lost the ball. The pass is spread it down. It's it down by Dolson throws. Open receiver in the end zone. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Somehow the Irish did it. Out of the pack, 30, 35, goodbye baby, at the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10, bye bye rocket touchdown, Irish. Zubikowski looking for a block, touch to the right to the 40, gets a block, gets to the 45, 50, up to the 45, 40, 30, one man to beat, 20, 15, 10, he's done to the 5, touchdown Irish. What's going on, Fighting Irish Faithful? Welcome back to the Undefeated Podcast, the Fighting Irish Faithful Podcast. We are shipping up to Boston this week uh, with our Johnny Walker red label. But unlike Johnny Walker, who wears a top hat, a long sport coat, a walking stick, and a pair of Wellingtons, uh, tonight we just got a glass of his favorite beverage and a, a Notre Dame hoodie. So here we go. Let's do this. So uh, quickly, before we get into the show, welcome if you are a new follower. If you are one of my new followers from across the globe and across the United States, welcome specifically to the people in Panama and Germany. So those are some new people that are following the show. Also, Anchor is giving me some nice stats and going through i have 26 states represented indiana illinois washington south carolina california texas michigan you're welcome michigan pennsylvania ohio virginia wisconsin arizona new jersey tennessee georgia florida colorado north carolina minnesota kentucky maine alabama Rhode Island, Mississippi, New Hampshire, and New York, the Empire State. So thank you everyone from across the country. Uh, no one from Alaska or Hawaii yet. That We're looking for those guys. <laughs> but uh, yes, welcome everyone. You of course can follow the show on the YouTube channel at Fighting Irish Faithful, on Anchor as I mentioned, Spotify, and of course iTunes, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts on your smartphone, um, or maybe you're old school and you actually still pull up your laptop or your PC um, at work or at home or whatnot. Anyway, um, does Alexa play my podcast? I'll have to ask her that later. That's another story for another time. All right, so Notre Dame defeats Clemson if you hadn't heard. Um, and if you haven't heard, get your head out of your ass. <laughs> but uh, what a great game. Again, 47 to 40. Uh, my voice is not as hoarse as it was uh, last week right after the game. If you missed it, I did a post-game show 
right after we won, uh, probably within 15, 20 minutes, quick five minute prep, uh, you know, poured myself a scotch and, and we went live with the mic. And I think it definitely took more time to edit some of the background fun Notre Dame music uh, in there. So check it out if you haven't already. It was probably one of the more uh, fun shows I've done and certainly uh, got a lot of hits on, uh, especially on the YouTube channel. So thank you, everyone. Uh, share and spread it. And uh, let's keep this momentum going for the team. I hope I hope that can maintain. One thing I didn't was not able to touch on the post-game show was highlighting our defense. Though I gave them many praises and, and kind of general accolades, didn't really have the uh, opportunity to deep dive into some stats from the box score. Let's share some of those with you now. Notre Dame had a total of two sacks against Clemson in that game. Those two sacks were in the second overtime period uh, when Notre Dame was up and first down, second down, sack after sack. It, it was amazing. First one was shared by Ogundeji and uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, and then the second one by Dalen Hayes. I mean, talk about going out with an exclamation point. As soon as Notre Dame had scored their touchdown, after the first overtime and we got the ball of course to start overtime period number two I knew we were going to win that game because our offense was firing on cylinders we looked ready we looked focused we we looked like the stronger team at that point and our offense had that momentum we're going to go down on the other side of the field closer to the tunnel and closer to touchdown Jesus closer to the basilica my favorite place on campus and I knew Notre Dame would score, and we did with a Kyron Williams t- rushing touchdown. And then, of course, right after that, two huge sacks, an incomplete pass, and then fourth and 24, Notre Dame's defense just eats it up, forces them to do some crazy lateral uh, stuff, and, and we won. So amazing, 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 fantastic defense. You guys definitely won the game for us want to share some love out there to Kyle Hamilton, my favorite player. He was the leading solo tackler for the team. He had eight. Uh, Next would be Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, probably the defensive player of the game. Seven solo tacks. Shares half a sack with Ogundeji and two and a half tackles for loss. So good on him. And then Drew White, our other starting linebacker, six solo tackles and one tackle for loss. So Notre Dame is definitely rising high. They're doing amazing things right now. We're ranked second right now in the AP, second in the coaches poll just behind Alabama. And that that should be no surprise. Everyone's given Alabama a lot of love. But Notre Dame's defense is, is certainly their strength. And of the stats of champions that I like to talk about a lot, five of them, Notre Dame's leading defensive stats right now at this point, 7-0, are better than the national champion average. Two stats for offense are also better than the national champion average. Let's go through those. Rushing defense, I think the most important defensive stat, Notre Dame is fifth in the country right now averaging 85 rushing defensive yards for their opponent the national champion averages 105 third down defense notre dame fifth in the country again right now 
24% for their opponent. National champion averages 30. Scoring defense. Notre Dame 12th in the country, averaging 14.6 points per game per for their opponent. The national champion averages 15.7. Tackles for a loss. Notre Dame 8.43 a game. National champion averages 7.3. And fourth down defense, Notre Dame averaging 42% for their opponent. National champion averages 43%. So good on the defense. Those five categories definitely showing their strength and on par and better than what past champions like Alabama, Clemson, LSU, etc. have all done over the last 10 years on average. Offensive category, the two that Notre Dame's best and their strength, third down percentage, Notre Dame is 11th in the country right now at 54% on third down national champion, only averages 48%. So they're, they're definitely ahead of the curve there. Rushing yards, no surprise there. Behind Kyron Williams and our great offensive line, Notre Dame is averaging 227 yards a game. On the ground, the national champion averages only 166. So, and that's probably skewed because a lot of those national champions have Heisman level uh, quarterbacks. But regardless, no, these are things that I think if you're in a discussion with any people who are Notre Dame haters, you tell them these stats, you tell them Notre Dame's dominating on third down. They're dominating in rushing yards. Their rushing defense is better than than most people right now. You tell them those stats and and just beat it into them until they finally get it. But most likely they'll still be Notre Dame haters, and, well, there's nothing we can do about that except uh, sip your glass of whiskey and just wish them good day. All right, the subject everyone wants to talk about, which is Phil Jerkovic. Is it Jerkovic? Jerkovic? Jerkovic, I've heard it all, and I honestly really don't care because he doesn't even play for Notre Dame. I personally am a fan of Jerkovic, so I think that's what we're going to do. Kind of sounded very uh, Russian-Ukrainian there. Phil was, of course, our backup, and he is part of a long line of backup quarterbacks that have transferred out of Notre Dame under Brian Kelly. More to come on that. I find it ironic, and I think I saw this on Twitter. Someone said that the backup quarterback for Notre Dame ends up going to the backup college so uh, that might have been Rockney's ghost who had tweeted that but I thought that was quite funny Phil right now is doing actually pretty good I'd say for a quarterback right now in 2020 college football year and if you compare his stats up to Ian Book most of them he has the edge Completion percentage, Phil is throwing 62% versus Ian 60. Phil has 2,083 yards this season, averaging 260 a game. Ian Book, 1,535 yards, averaging 219 a game. Phil has thrown 15 touchdowns versus Ian Book's 8 and averages 1.8 seven five touchdowns per game versus ian books 1.143 so touchdowns per attempt phil is throwing 5.4 percent ian book 4.23 percent so those are all the categories that phil has the advantage now ian book 
has the advantage over Phil in the following categories. Yards per completion. Ian Book, 13.5 versus Yurkovic's 12.1. Interceptions. Ian Book has only thrown one interception versus Phil's four. Touchdown to interception ratio. Ian Book at eight and Phil at 3.8. So clearly an advantage. Phil averages half an interception a game. Ian Book, 0.14 per game. So also attempts per game. Ian Book has averaging 27, Phil 34. So personally, if you've listened to this show or seen me on Twitter, I'm a hashtag RTDB kind of guy, run the damn ball. Uh, three things that are bad that can happen when you pass, you know, let's just run the ball. If And we're running 60% of the time or better, we're in great shape. Unlike Boston College, who runs the ball only 50% of the time. Though Phil does have better numbers as far as yards and touchdowns and whatnot, let's see if there's really some weight to that. Is he playing easier competition? So I looked at Notre Dame's opponents and their opponents' pass defense versus Boston College pass defense. So Boston College opponents are Duke, Texas State, North Carolina, Pitt, Vatek, Georgia Tech, Clemson, and Syracuse. Notre Dame shares Duke, Pitt, Georgia Tech, and Clemson thus far, and then also has played, of course, South Florida, Florida State, and Louisville. Boston College, their opponents average pass defense is 68.8 ranking in the country. Notre Dame's average opponent pass defense ranking is 56. So Ian Book, though his numbers are less, technically he's playing a stronger passing defense thus far in the season versus Boston College. Now, Boston College, their pass defense right now is exactly 56th in the country which is right in line with the average of what we've played. So it is very, very likely that Ian Book will perform at the same level he is averaging for this season. That's just how the numbers work. Notre Dame, on the other hand, their pass defense is 35th in the country. So Phil's numbers are certainly going to come down. Phil is the seventh quarterback to transfer under Brian Kelly. I went back since 2010 and looked at all of the, I guess, big starting quarterbacks or big names that have been on the roster since Brian Kelly's been the head coach. And there are more quarterbacks that have transferred out under BK versus those who have stayed, graduated, gone to the NFL, what have you, or are still there. So let's just go down the list from longest to go to the most present. Number one, Dane Christ. And I was happy to see him leave. That guy would just pee down his leg all the time. He followed Charlie Weiss to Kansas. So um, peace be with you. Andrew Hendricks. Don't really have any bad blood for that guy, but he went out to Miami of Ohio. Gunner Keel. I don't think he actually took an actual snap at Notre Dame, but he certainly wasn't getting the playing time. Um, and uh, he ended up transferring to Cincinnati, but w- w- I figured it was worth mentioning him on this list. 
Everett Golson. Who can remember that guy? But don't forget, he transferred to Florida State after the 2014 meltdown. It was kind of sad to see him go, but it definitely was the right thing to happen. Malik Zaire, our savior who booted Golson after he got injured and Deshaun Kaiser came in, Malik Zaire transferred and went to Florida. Brandon Wimbush put in quite a bit of time as the starter, but then was ultimately replaced by Ian Book, and Wimbush transferred to UCF last year. And of course now Phil. Phil has transferred, and he is at Boston College. The only quarterbacks who have stayed or didn't transfer that I think made a decent splash at Notre Dame were, of course, Tommy Reese, now our offensive coordinator, and Deshaun Kaiser, the man. And, of course, Ian Book, he's still there. So that's it. Unless I've missed somebody, someone please comment. But I find it very, very interesting that we have had more transfers leaving under Kelly than those guys who have just come in and cycled through the program. Um, I don't know what that says about the program. I don't know if that says anything about Kelly. And I'm not going to get too much into the ether on that, but it was certainly worth mentioning that this should be no surprise to Notre Dame fans. Yes, Phil, Boston College, we hate Boston College, right? I get that, but we also hate Florida State. You know, we don't like Charlie Weiss, really, you know, and all these other guys have left. So he's just one of many other high profile names that we've seen to depart the program. So as we head up to Boston, Notre Dame and BC are going to be playing for the 26th meeting overall. Right now, Notre Dame leads the series 16 wins and nine losses. The first loss... Notre Dame ever had to Boston College, believe it or not, was the 1993 game. That was the most heart-wrenching moment I think I've ever watched, other than maybe the 2014 loss at Florida State with the uh, uh, the offensive pass interference call. But uh, that game, Notre Dame lost 39 to 41 on a last-second 40-yard field goal attempt. And though that stings in our memories for Irish fans forever, I wanted to look more detail into that game. Now, unfortunately, it's kind of hard for me to find all the detailed stats of that game, but I was able to find the box score and the score breakdown by quarter. First quarter, Boston College was up 10 to 0. Then both teams scored 14 points in the second so boston college is up 24 to 14 at halftime third quarter's a battle bc scores seven points notre dame scores three then the fourth quarter notre dame comes back scores 22 points and then but bc scores 10 and of course that field goal at the end to give them ultimately the win at notre dame stadium bottom line is notre dame needs to come out fast in this game on Saturday to avoid that mistake. Notre Dame scored zero points in the first quarter, let Boston College get the lead, get the advantage going in the first and second quarters there, and uh, we can't let that happen. In addition to looking at Boston College's defense and their opponents, I also looked at how many points Boston College is scoring right now in 2020 in each quarter and compared that to Notre Dame's points scored on average each quarter this season. Boston College averages 5.5 
points in the first, 10.3 in the second, 6.4 in the third, and 3.1 in the fourth. Notre Dame is higher in every quarter, thank God. They are averaging 8.3 in the first, 13.7 in the second, 7.7 in the third, and 4.9 in the fourth. So you add all that up, the average score, 24 points for Boston College and 32 for Notre Dame. One other item of note is since the third and fourth quarter are Boston College's weakest quarters, I also looked at if there was a trend that could be inferred from Boston College's losses. They have three losses this season to North Carolina, Virginia Tech, and Clemson. In all of them, they have scored no more than seven points in one of those quarters. And of course, one of them to Clemson, they scored zero points in the second half at all. So bottom line, Notre Dame needs to shut them down in the second half. Wear them down no more than seven points in the half, the second half, and that will guarantee a Boston College loss. Notre Dame, of course, comes off of a high win, and just as the 1993 Notre Dame team came off of a high win over Florida State, that Boston College game was a trap game for the 93 team. It is definitely a trap game for Notre Dame. But I think history is on our side to remind us, tap us on the shoulder and says, hey, remember 93, remember 93. Though Notre Dame is not ranked number one right now, They are still flying high after beating the number one team. However, there's another game that I think Notre Dame fans need to be reminded of. And though we didn't come off beating the number one team, it was, I think, until last week, Notre Dame and Brian Kelly's most convincing win since 2012, which is the win at Oklahoma. If you recall, the following week, Notre Dame, 8-0, returning home, And they play the Panthers of Pitt. That game was a complete shit show. Notre Dame scored six points in the first half. Three in the first quarter, three in the second quarter, and zero in the third. And then, fortunately, scored 14 in the second, in the fourth quarter to force overtime. Where it took us three overtimes to beat Pitt. At home. I was at that game with the doc, with my folks. Lots of wine was required after the game. But some of the keys to why Notre Dame struggled against the Panthers that night they had three turnovers, two interceptions, one by Reese, one by Golson, and one fumble by Sierra Wood in overtime in the second period. He fumbled on the goal line. Fortunately, Pitt, their kicker, missed his field goal. So, um, Points off of turnovers. Pitt had seven points off of those turnovers. Um, One other thing of note is Notre Dame passed for 54% completion percentage. We had 53 passes and 51 runs. Yikes. High high plays there. Um, 49% run selection. Um, But Notre Dame was settling for field goals. We We were getting down to the red zone area down to Pittsburgh's territory, and we were kicking field goals. We were not capitalizing on third down, not capitalizing on scoring touchdowns, and that was our Achilles heel. 
And though that's not a huge concern for Notre Dame this season, it's certainly not one of their strong points. Notre Dame needs to continue to improve in the red zone and score touchdowns. That's what they did against Pitt a couple weeks ago. They need to continue to do that, certainly against BC, but then going forward for the rest of the season. So watch out, Notre Dame, remember Pitt in 2012, and remember the Boston College game of 1993. Do not settle. Do not get complacent. Stay hungry. Stay after it. This is a talented team, and they are dangerous. Boston College is coached by Jeff Halfley. He is in his first season this year. He is replacing Steve Adagio, who was fired last year. Last season, Steve Adagio took Boston College to a 3-9 season. Um, of course, Notre Dame was 11-2. This season, as I mentioned, they're 5-3. They are 0-3 versus the top 25 of Sagarin. And their record against Power 5 teams is 4-3. Notre Dame, of course, is 1-0 versus top 25 by beating Clemson and 6-0 in their ACC schedule thus far. Jeff Halfley, of course, in his first season, is sitting at a 62.5% win percentage. Brian Kelly inches up to 72.8% at Notre Dame with his win last week. For your recruiting average, Notre Dame 13.25. Boston College averages 66th recruiting in the country over the last four years. Notre Dame is fourth in Sagarin, behind Clemson somehow. So I'm still kind of starting to question Sagarin and how it's doing its math. But uh, regardless, it's an equalizer, and it'll tell us that Boston College is ranked 41st in Sagarin. So huge advantage Notre Dame there. Strength of schedule, though, Boston College is, theirs is better. They're at 28th per Sagarin, Notre Dame 51st. There are only a handful of categories that Boston College has the advantage over Notre Dame. Those are sacks per game. Boston College averages 2.75 versus Notre Dame's 2.71. Passing touchdowns, we already talked about that. Turnover margin, which is surprising. They have six total for the season. Notre Dame has five. I imagine that will swap this seat, this game. I think there will be two interceptions by Yurkovic and uh, lots of sacks. I think uh, we're going to have him eat some pavement there. Every other category, Notre Dame has the advantage from scoring offense to tackles for loss to passing defense to red zone touchdowns. It, it's all in Notre Dame's advantage. Uh, last few stats I want to, of course, always touch on is the efficiency of our offense. Our yards per point is 12.26, Boston College 14.08. TeamRankings.com is giving Notre Dame an 85% chance of winning this game, and the spread right now is 13.5 points to Notre Dame. There really is no reason why Notre Dame should not go up to Boston, beat the crap out of them, and um, steal their lunch money and, um, you know, punch Phil in the face. There's really no no reason for Notre Dame to not just dominate in this game. So I really hope for it. I'm going to be rooting really hard for our Irish, and uh, let's take it to them. I do not like Boston College. 
They are probably a tier two hated team by me. We'll do that more in the bye week about my hated teams. But uh, yeah, they're that like level two level of hate. Them probably in Michigan State and Ohio State, but they're not in the tier one space. That's reserved for, for three teams. That is all we've got tonight, ladies and gentlemen, uh, boys and girls. Don't have your kids listen to this. Come on, I'm drinking scotch and I cuss sometimes. So um, <laughs> um, have a great week, everyone. Uh, keep your Notre Dame uh, pride flying. You got a bumper sticker or a uh, one of those flags that sits out of your uh, car window and, uh, and flies in the wind. Uh, make sure those are flying. And uh, it feels like fall finally. Uh, here in indiana the the weird wave of warm weather finally was gone so uh yeah football in the fall uh and thanksgiving a couple weeks away so everyone stay safe out there um and go irish beat eagles